It's time to get things started with How to Survive the Modern World or Gen X Isn't Just a Fashion Statement, presented by Tribe74.com. So I was testing out the black mode on Google Docs. Oh, okay. And in hopes that I would just get a complete black background and that it would that I wouldn't actually be seeing any white around it, so it wouldn't be reflecting into my glasses. And so when I did it on my phone, everything looked good. Now yeah. I go into it, I can't even see the text right now. It and I've got just a black dock, but the black dock is just centered within the page. And I still have all of this white real estate around it. So yeah. <laughs> I've got to play around with that. That's not what I was expecting. You're doing that on the computer, like on your... your... Yeah. 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 I tried it on, like I use, I use the dark mode on my mobile device, my cell phone, mm -hmm. but I don't really uh, do it on the computer because I didn't know that there was an option somewhere. Well, I had, like I had done it on the phone and but when i got and it looked like it would work fine when i open it up um well there's still a black background the all the i can't see the writing at all it was on white on my phone and uh now i've just got this big black <laughs> page in the center of uh essentially a, an island in in the center of an ocean of white 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 caps and oh and then i just i had a i had a heck of a time with the the pop tonight and uh she would just want to eat absolutely everything then i just i had a heck of a time getting set up i couldn't find anything at all mm. and just no nothing was where it should be so yeah. clearly i moved it <laughs> that's uh that's usually the way it goes it's certainly yeah and i was trying uh trying a bit of a slightly different setup like I ended up having to put the camera up on the tripod up in the, the back. I was supposed to the mini tripod and the uh, cable wasn't long enough to actually reach. So I had to do some maneuvering or move the camera around to the side. So right now I'm, I'm turned over to the side to, to look at the camera and um, then just getting screen in place which apparently it doesn't matter anyway because I can't see my notes and uh, we'll just, we'll fly by the seat of our pants. Yeah, yeah this is how we roll, is it not? Yeah, no, exactly. So welcome to the show, everyone. The show. Uh, you've been listening to an interesting little conversation or not so interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so Andrew, I hear you got, you got a record player uh, for Christmas. Yeah, no, I'm very excited about it. Um, so my wife got me that and my son got me uh, the most recent Mahone's album. So I was hyped to get that. And so I've been pretty much worn it out already. Excellent. Excellent. I, uh, I've used mine like twice, but I have a couple records that I <laughs> haven't even, Yeah, nice. you know, but that's how I roll. Yeah, no, I've got it set up in um our living area upstairs where my wife has her office mm -hmm. and but we can never really get away up there too much with the the new puppy and so i really haven't been able to kind of take advantage of it as much as i like i've got some albums that i want to sit and listen to with my wife as well too mm -hmm. and um but we haven't been able to uh with the pup well, you you and I have talked in the past about uh, just doing a a record listen, like a a listening party show. Yeah, I mean, we'll have to do that at some point, and uh, maybe that'll give yeah. us an excuse to both pull the records out and you know, so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. uh, I gotta take a half a minute to get my brain moving again. It's been a while since we've really sat down and and done too many podcasts it was a slow year in 2022 for us but i think uh season three officially happening right now as you're listening oh welcome to season three of nice alive the modern world or gen x isn't just a fashion statement presented by tribe 74 dog well welcome to season three everyone <laughs> <laughs> jibba jabba and I like that name. If you haven't listened to Jibber Jabber yet from the end of season two, please go back and have a listen. Get on her. Get on her. 
anyway, so here we are, episode one of season three, a big right pilot uh, episode for this for the year. You've been uh, dabbling in the comic book industry. Um, did you just want- a little bit? Do you want to talk a little bit about what your initiative is, or are, are are we still kind of working on that? Well, we're still a little bit in the early phases, but it is it is coming. Um, Bunker13.ca is where you're going to be able to find that find our comic home, and uh, it isn't it isn't live as of yet. There's still lots of work to do, but maybe by the time that actually no, it won't be live by the time this episode drops. But um, keep an eye out for it. We'll I'll be talking about it more. And don't forget about Rusty, your mascot. Yes, and I must thank you for that, Rob. Um, Rusty, she looks uh, marvelous. She is a fantastic mascot. She's got a very much, I'd say a combination between an anime comic look and our North American comic look. Um, And she looks fantastic. Well, I hope hope she brings you lots of interest and business so moving on to that you've been if nothing uh, else luck and joy yeah luck and joy. <laughs> it's all about yeah. uh, so uh you've, you've been you've been sending me lots of questions because i i have a, a finger in the industry a little bit in mostly in regards of just packaging comic books and selling them to people mm-hmm. uh, through my friends and um so i wanted to maybe make this episode about how to collect comic books and maybe I'd give I you, love it and give uh, give our listeners some advice on how to collect comic books. So, first of all, first thing that you need to know is collect how you want to collect. Yeah. And collect yeah. collect for the love of it. Don't necessarily collect for the money. Because unless you research every little bit of it and you hit the market at the exact right time it's a tough market to crack. Oh, completely. You know, people, a lot of people look at it as an alternative way to, um, to make investments, but it, you know, it's super hit and miss. There's so much speculation that goes on. And, and that's actually how we even kind of got around to doing this episode is just, speculating about new books that are coming out and the likelihood that they may may even hit are they going to become something and that's just it i mean first and foremost nobody has become rich at least modern day rich by buying a comic book or two the people become rich uh within the comic book industry are people who uh, sell them, you know, professionally in regards to uh, having a store or having a shop or having an online presence and buying and selling. But there's a lot of buying that gets you to that place too. You will never ever, unless you inherit Granddad's Amazing Spider-Man number one or Detective Comics, you know, the first appearance of Batman. Nobody has ever become rich just by buying and selling comics without having that luck or have or at least nobody that i know anyway and and without having to invest a lot of money into it in the first place oh yeah for sure now currently there was a a, i shouldn't say currently but over the past three four five years there's been a real growth in the market Uh, and it's not just comic books it's been um toys it's been manga and anime it's been sports cards and trading cards of all sorts uh, the gaming cards like Pokemon and and Magic the Gathering and such. And so there's been a big growth, but that's starting to come to a bit of a head and kind of coming down the hill a little bit as we see that the market has been getting flooded. Obviously, every time there's a big jump up in the market, uh, you know, the manufacturers, the publishers, the distributors, they jump all over that and they throw everything at the market just to see what sticks, right? It's like the spaghetti you know hmm is it done well let's try it let's let's throw out that foil comic you know that <laughs> and hope that it hits just like they did back in the 90s they're throwing every gimmick out there just to see oh yeah the, sticks to the wall and i mean it, it's working a little bit I, I just to be honest i just love the collect 
the collecting of it. That and and that's kind of what I want to, like, like I said, like I prefaced at, at the start here is that collect because you enjoy it, whether you read it, whether you like the artwork, whether you like the stories, whether you just like the look of comic books, or whether you like the the look of a slabbed comic book too. Like I always see conversations come up where uh, inevitably somebody will post their favorite slabbed book, you know, their favorite graded book, and say, "Oh, look at this! I've got a 9.8 graded something," and then. Somewhere in that conversation, somebody would be like, oh, I don't like mine in plastic. I'd like mine to read it. <laughs> yeah. Like maybe if you can, yeah, it, I mean, you're, you want to preserve it to make it look pristine, but there are ways around, around them. Um, so you still can read them should you want to. And it's something that you've been doing with your personal collection, Rob. Why don't you tell us a bit about that? So, so what I do is I I don't read a lot of my comics because I have so many of them, and it's uh, it's <laughs> a daunting task. And I usually fall asleep when I start reading, but <laughs> you know that's what happens when you get older. Uh, but what I do instead of slabbing, and I don't mind slabs. Look, I'm not against slabbing at all. Whoever does, you it. actually have a lot of slabs. I've got it. Well, not a lot. I've got a handful of slabs. Let's go with you that. You have a handful of slabs, a, a very large handful of slabs. Large handful. But you also have a lot of books that you can read. That's right. Uh, and what I do is I put them on 56 point boards uh, with really nice uh, bags. I don't do the mylar bags. I know people talk about mylar, but the bags that I buy come from a company. Uh, I'm not touting any company here by by any means, but Comic Pro Line, which is local Hamilton, Ontario, and uh, they their bags are really nice and very pristine, and they have a mylar look shine to them, so you know it it makes a book look a lot better. But when you slap those 56 point boards in there, uh, so a 56 point board is basically two to two and a half times thicker than a regular board. That's terrible math. Just go. Yeah. Uh, it really it, it makes the, the book solid there is no bending of that book there is no warping of that book there is no flimsy flimsy flappy book inside there it sits in there and it sits in there solidly and it really like you can stack your books and you can put them stand them up and they aren't going anywhere you don't have to worry about them bending behind the other books so that you get a bunch of spine ticks or anything like that so to me that is just as good as a slab for investment purposes without the grade obviously the grade is the real investment purpose but the preservation purpose of it anyway so if you don't want to put that punisher number 19 which is worth two dollars you don't want to spend you know 50 60 dollars to get it slabbed uh then you're better off just putting it in a 56 point board uh with a nice bag on it and you'll be good to go yeah because I mean, after you slab it, it's going to be worth uh, forty-five. So yeah, exactly, so money that you're, <laughs> you're losing money at that point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and honestly, I mean, you're not bragging about that Punisher number nineteen that you have in a slab, uh, nine point eight. I mean, sure, it's cool, might look good, but it's more about preserving the collection. Yeah, from what what you're doing and um, allows you to to read them. Yeah, and, and enjoy them to still be able to pull out the book if I ever want to read it. Right. Mm -hmm. Or in the future, somebody wants to buy the book from me. And, you know, when the day comes when I'm too tied down to a wheelchair or something, I can't read the books. I don't know why it stopped me from reading, but let's just go with that. Sure. Yeah. So there's that. Right. So that to me is my recommendation. If you want to you want to save money and you want to keep your collection nice and minty nice and clean looking then best bet is to do that and mm-hmm. for those high-end key books those are the ones that you want to send off to uh to the cgc or cbcs cgc apparently is the best one but you know if you're looking for value wise go cgc cbcs is they're just another way of preserving your book but you get it slab. but that's with the stuff the books that are really expensive you don't want to send your five dollar twenty dollar spec book in the home yeah. come back worth thousands. So you mentioned spec books and we've kind of got onto this conversation the other day because there are a couple new comics that are just dropping right now. One is Mosley and the other one is Children of the Sun, I believe is the name. Children. Is it Children of the Sun? 
Children of the Black Sun. Children of the Blacks is Children of the Black Sun. Yes, I believe that's it. I mean, just... yeah. <laughs> no, that... I lost all my notes. I don't know what's what's yeah. going on. And so I just asked you if you had heard anything about uh, about them, and I found out a little bit about the information online, and kind of like, well, you know, interesting stories. And yeah. now, you know, I made a similar sort of jump on a comic back 2016, Briggsland. I don't know if you remember me talking about it, and I may have even gotten you to pick up a, a book or two. I'm not sure. But um, there was even talk that there was uh, that that book was actually supposed to be put into production with AMC and never heard a thing about it again after that. I went back looking for any updated information still the last posting that i could find about briggsland was back in 2016 <laughs> saying that yep it's in the works with amc um the author has just been looking for something to work on them with and this seems to be the project and that number one comic i believe is worth three dollars right now yeah and i remember <laughs> and i was excited because when they announced uh, you, you'd mentioned it, yes, and I remember that, and I did actually go and buy Briggsland, and uh, that's when I was buying basically every number one independent comic that came out in the hopes that it would be another Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or another Walking Dead, uh, and it just never happened. Uh, and the speculation was that uh, it was picked up, the, the rights to it were picked up, and this is where a lot of the com com uh, complication gets uh, into the collecting is that when a book gets licensed by a, whether it's AMC or Netflix or by any big uh, filmmaker or producer, uh, it usually it gets hot. It picks up like, I, I think Black Science was another one. And the problem is that they just grab the license for it ahead of time because they may have heard some buzz or perhaps the people who were publishing the comic, you know, through some pressers out that sounded really good. And especially in the times of the walking dead being such a, a huge, uh, a huge uh, moneymaker for AMC. Uh, Cause remember AMC took a big chance on the walking dead and it blew up. Yeah. Uh, you know, huge, obviously. And the big thing that happened was, I mean, what, what started to happen around that time is that with Netflix and AMC and all these different streaming services picking up uh, shows or picking up stories to make shows to improve their viewership, you know, comic books is a perfect place to draw from. Because, oh, completely. You know, they were serial, just like the, uh, just like the TV shows, They you know, episodic, episodic, you know, TV shows, you know, work well with episodic comics. So it's a perfect place to go uh, for new new and fresh stories that you can throw up on the air. So what happens then is that when a company picks up the license to a particular story, everybody assumes it's going to have a show made and they run out and they go grab that book up. And, you know, you, you which see, I did. Yeah. And you see a fluctuation. Briggs Land at one point. Um, I don't know if I let me take a look. Briggs Land at one point uh, was a big book. And I mean, when I say big book, like we're not talking like millions of dollars by any means, but we're talking about a decent jump, you know, right now it sits on uh, $3, right? Like you said, yeah. and I'm going to see if I can, how far back I can look here. Uh, no, it doesn't say anything. I was just on coverprice.com, which is something. Else. Oh, okay. Look. Yeah. Like if I could see it may have hit maybe like a $20 value back. Yeah. And I was pretty back excited. by during like 2016 to 2017, maybe yeah. would be my hunch just based on all of the talk. But as you're saying, once it's been optioned is that they can't go and shop it around to anybody else. Yeah. And it's generally set for a term. And so they, they buy the interest for, for, 
three to five years. And if they haven't done anything with it, then you can go down the street and try to sell it to somebody else. Or they might just hold it in perpetuity. If I don't even know if that's the right word. It sounds pretty good. I like it. Yeah, in perpetuity. And then nobody else can do anything with it except for AMC. That's right. In that particular situation. But, you know, you just don't know what the next big book is going to be. And like a lot of the independents, those where there was, that is where a lot of the new books will come from. Yeah. And that, because they're willing to take risks a little bit more. And that's where I, I said, I said to you uh, previously in one of our discussions uh, talking about that is that uh, it's really hard to jump on an indie book. Uh, an independent book and expect anything great from it there are some books that you know do well and they have big long-running series and stuff like that and you look at like maybe spawn uh or savage dragon uh something is killing the children something more recently um a lot of the more uh long-term books uh i can't think of any others off the top of my head uh although i, I was picturing them earlier it, the the issue is that even so, the only book that's really going to be worth it in a lot of those series is going to be issue number one, and, and even still, it, it's it's a question whether or not it will be of any value anyway. Yeah, and and the value is is minimal, and, that's and you not, have to be you have to be careful. Like, are you really picking up the actual number one of the book? Or has it been running for three quarters of a year, and then they're just starting another uh, another run within within it? Yeah. And like for example, I went in and picked up a number zero and number one from a Spider Man series <laughs> the other day. Kind of oh, I've I've got number one, mm -hmm. but do you do you really have number one? It's volume. It's volume thirteen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And you you never know as to, uh, like you you have to do your research. Maybe I shouldn't say you just never know. Like when a new book hits, you you generally know that that you're picking up a, a first book, but um, you just don't really know what that book is going to become. Well, that's just it, right? Don't. So if you enjoy reading it, then continue buying it by all means. Don't don't go into the don't go to an independent book and expect that it's going to have success of The Walking Dead because even if you look, I wonder, I, I probably take a look at The Walking Dead number one and see that The Walking Dead number one is probably worth a little bit of money, but how much money would you would you would you think that it would be worth? I'm gonna say five thousand. I'm gonna say less than a thousand. Okay, so. CBCS last recorded sales value one thousand dollars for a nine point two. That was four or five. Oh, but that's a nine point two. Clearly, for a, a nine eight, we're well, nine, a nine eight is uh, just under three thousand or just thousand oh. dollars. So, okay. Yeah, I'm still uh, I'm still way too high. Yeah, <laughs> but that being said, I mean, okay, so Walking Dead three thousand dollars, but uh, what other number one other than Ninja Turtles? Can you think of as an independent book no that kind of money no oh, like even still like even if you look if you're going with something new from marvel or dc it's still even a shot in the dark like look at x factor for example probably the first 10 to 15 books are the only ones that mean anything and then after that nobody cares you might you probably find the rest of the series in a dollar bin yeah, I mean, honestly, even the first fourteen books you might find in the dollar bin. Uh, <laughs> look, the if if you if you're looking to invest, your best way to do it is to go after those those books that everybody knows are key books, right? Obviously, Amazing Fantasy number fifteen with the first appearance of Spider Man is out of most people's range. Uh, so you want to look at stuff, you know, maybe the first Wolverine, which is shooting up in popularity, but at the same time still is, is reasonable. The first Punisher is reasonable. Uh, you're not going to get, you know, the first Batman, the first Superman for any kind of reasonable price. But those are the keys that will always maintain and will always grow. So no matter what, when you buy those books, you know, you are investing in them and you're going to make money at the end of the day likely 
right? Uh, I have to ask you, I saw that they've just got the facsimile version of the first appearance of Punisher that's just come out. Uh, Are you picking it up? It hasn't come out yet, but it no, is. No, it's a pre-order. It's on the pre-sales. I have uh, one pre-sale purchased uh, raw, and I've also pre-sale purchased a 9.8 graded. So when they come in, I'll be waiting another six months for that 9.8, but I'll have the... I'll have the facsimile for sure. Uh, the raw facsimile. Nice. So yeah, I'm, it's a Punisher. I'm on the Punisher. I know you are. <laughs> I was just curious though, just being the fact that you, that you actually do own the, the first one and whether or not you were interested in owning the facsimile or not. Uh, at first, like a few years ago, I was like, mm, facsimiles, you know, what's the point? What's the deal? Uh, and because there was just always reprints, no matter what, uh, you know, they always had different reprints. But these facsimiles come out and they look almost identical to the original book. So to me, it's kind of cool because especially, you know, because let's, for instance, my, my Punisher, uh, my ASM 129, the first appearance of the Punisher that I have slabbed, uh, is a $2,500 book. Uh, not everybody can afford that. And that's understandable. And I don't begrudge anybody that wants to pick up something like a facsimile or I have a fake Wayne Gretzky rookie card, a reprinted Wayne Gretzky rookie card. I will never be able to afford a Wayne Gretzky rookie card. <laughs> but to say, okay, I've got something that represents the original because I appreciate it. And sure. I, you know, to me, that's what a facsimile uh, would do as well. And the modern facsimiles look a heck of a lot more, more similar to the original than, you know, a lot of reprints that may have come out, you know, in previous years where they'd have like a banner on it or they'd have something big and bold that says, Hey, this is a facsimile comic copy. Well, these new ones, while they do have a barcode on the front of them now and the updated pricing, they still look pretty close to the original. And so I think that's, yeah, cool. it just gives yeah, you, I know that that is really cool. And the great thing about it is one, there's collectability there mm -hmm. and as well too, you can actually, open it up and read it and enjoy the story to see where it all started and you know like in in my my work uh we've seen that some of those facsimiles actually get a bit of traction in regards to value mm -hmm. it's it's good to get them like i mean here, here here's an instance for an instance as well is that like they just had uh i believe it was action comics number one they just did a reprint of that uh, facsimile style reprint of that and nobody i know can say that they own a copy of superman number one so you know but now people can say hey i own a copy of superman number one yeah hey, it's a, a copy of a copy yeah <laughs> i mean most people are reserved the idea that they may never actually own a physical copy of that one book that they want so a facsimile is a reasonable you know that's a great way to own one right yeah and i, I like that as well um get, getting back to to the speculation and stuff like that uh one thing that uh, like uh, I'll, I'll reiterate and i'll continually reiterate is that don't jump into the spec market without doing some serious research because you can spend a lot of money on stuff and comic books modern comic books in a way are very much like sports cards and that once the new shiny thing comes out that thing that was shiny last week is no longer shiny if you know what i mean if you understand yeah. my meaning here is that uh, when the new release comes out, so whatever the next big book is or whatever is the next touted book that comes out, that book that you were paying, you know, 20, 30, $40 for last week won't be worth 20, 30, $40 this week. And <laughs> but that new book that just came out will be worth 20, 30, $40 and so on and so forth. And it'll continually, continually go on like that. And especially when they have all kinds of variant covers and uh, facsimile covers or whatever you want to call it, it's it's a real risk make sure you know what you're buying and make sure that you whatever at the end of the day you're either going to be able to flip it really quickly like really quick quickly I'm talking, like within a week or that you're going to be happy with it sitting in your collection because that's exactly yeah. what you'll do if it doesn't flip so like that's probably happening right now with the new spider-man m&m mashup what there's a spider-man um yeah yeah it just it 
dropped like three weeks ago and difficult to even get your hands on it. I think it was like 25, 30 bucks to, to buy it when it dropped. Mm. And then right now, I think it was going for about 350 bucks, but that's not going to stay hot for very long. At least I don't think it's going to stay hot for very long. I'm not sure. Maybe, you know, maybe we'll continue to grow. See, something like that, and this is where we can kind of talk about that as well. Something like that will have crossover appeal, right? Because people who listen to Eminem music may not, li- not, may not read comics, right? Uh, and vice versa. So this gives people an opportunity. There is a, There was an Eminem comic some point earlier. I'm trying to think. I can't imagine off the top of my head what it was. But I do know that it was, uh, it, it was pretty hot, and it does go for some decent amount of money just because of it's Eminem. Would the same thing happen if it was Drake? I don't know. I mean, it's interesting yeah. how that like and- there is a company out there that specializes in this sort of thing, and that's uh, they're involved in this Eminem uh, mashup. That- but there are other music uh, people from the music industry. Seems to be so far, at least, a lot of people from the rap community where the crossover is happening from what I can see, but there wasn't anything else in there that really interests me. Like uh, uh, they had, gosh, I just off the top of my head, I think they had like uh, something with notorious B I G and that's the only Hmm. other person that I can even think of um, that there was a mashup, but there was other stuff that they had been involved with as well too. Well, so so Opus, I believe it's Opus uh, Records, uh, is also been dropping a lot of comics recently, and they do, they have like Evanescence and uh, My Bloody Valentine, and uh, they did Joe Satriani. So they they've done a few, quite a few comics over the last couple months. Uh, oh, cool. So it's it's never too far away, and, and let's not forget. And I don't know how long you've been paying attention to the comic industry, but I mean Kiss has been in comics for the longest time and they've done like like the psycho circus kiss psycho circus uh was huge back in the day and they just had i think believe they just had a recent uh crossover comic book not i never i never actually came across that book (laughs) well yeah there was it was popular back in the day and uh it's still uh you still have uh, some devout kiss fans who who buy the comic books up when they come through so keep an eye out for kiss comics too so you know, there's always been a little bit of a crossover there and maybe that's what Eminem is is I mean Eminem he kind of uh uh ascends I'm looking for the right word uh he he he's he's all over the industry and I don't know too many people that hate him other than you know his detractors or whoever it is right so when he touches something it usually turns to gold at least to a certain amount mm-hmm. so I wouldn't you know there okay there's a spec book that that might be successful but it, again you're looking at okay so you spend you know 10 5 10 15 20 dollars on a book and you're it's, it's only going to go up to like 30 40 dollars mm-hmm. worthwhile investment to you i mean if you want it in your collection absolutely yeah exactly so that, that that's why i just suggest kind of collect what you're interested in does it sound like that it has a good storyline something that you can read and enjoy and that you'll be happy with owning and not not that you're trying to make money with it because at the end of the day that might end up in a dollar bin exactly exactly and you know back when i kind of jumped back into the comic book market uh but we're talking probably back in 2016 or so uh i could be just fudging that number completely but i sent a pull list to my my local comic shop that had i would go on the previews world who was the distributor basically the the primary distributor of comic books uh back in the in those years and i would find every number one comic that came out in that month and i would put it on my poll list and i had some real doozies not gonna lie i mean (laughs) trump's titans or something like that or biden's Uh, there was some weird stuff that I got and some stuff I was like, oh boy, I don't want this in my collection really that much. And but then you, you would spend, I would spend like literally a thousand dollars a month. On yeah. It. And the the resale value, well, they ended up in dollar bins. 
and mm-hmm. not a good way to invest. And I mean, I went in pretty crazy, like, not gonna lie. But <laughs> especially when it comes to independence, and I, I can't stress this enough. And I don't take away from independence because there are some of the best comic book storylines are within independent comics. And I would say 100% that Marvel and DC, while they have these great licenses and great characters, some comic series are so fantastic and they are not within the big two to three comics. Like Boom Studios puts out some great books. Oh, yeah. Stuff that is just coming out. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say Dynamite, but Dynamite has some good licenses with uh, Red Sonia, which is typically a pretty decent book. Um I, I personally love the Betty Page books, and I know a lot of people probably just think it's just fluff and whatever, but they are actually fun reads and, you know, private investigation kind of stuff, you know, if you're into that stuff. Yeah, like, I find that with the smaller uh, publishers that they're willing to take a little bit more risks. Yeah. And whereas the, the big two, they're kind of like, okay, we are going to run within this lane and we're not going to deviate and if we happen to it's not going to be very much at all so to take a a risk on a new book they might be a little bit more open to seeing something that is a little bit more out there that's maybe a little bit more obscure yeah and i think what you'll see too with independent books is that you'll see more diversity and this is obviously a big uh a big talking point in regards to comics nowadays like diversity and and whatnot but a big thing that you'll see with independent comics is that their diversity is real uh where marvel and dc obviously they're pandering to uh their overlords at disney and warner brothers uh especially the marvel and disney side of it um so that you get or they try diversity uh but sometimes it comes across as just very um you know, how, how do you say it? Uh, uh, preachy, I guess, mm. or um, in, insulting, or uh, I can't remember the, the word for it, but uh, just sometimes insincere, maybe in, very insincere, and right, or just trying too hard, trying too hard, I don't and know. alienating a little bit, or you know, like mm. original readers and stuff like that. And I don't want to go down this whole comics gate. Kind of. Right. No, no, no. Um, so I actually haven't seen a new book that's actually been put like a new when I say new book, a completely new uh, comic book line come out from either DC or Marvel in a while. Like you're a little bit more hands-on with the the new stuff that is coming through have you seen any new books from them recently uh other than just rehashes of old characters and well yeah i'm just talking brand new character there's nothing i mean you you get some new characters and stuff like that but they all kind of fizzle in and out uh probably the i mean you'll see new characters in there and the, the problem is that they've done this whole uh, multiverse thing so I shouldn't say poorly, but they've just, they've done it so that every new character, you know, there's a new character almost every other week and there isn't as much drama or excitement about that character because that character is either going to die or be killed off or get its own spinoff series or just so much, um, it just it becomes painful and insincere kind of going back to the diversity thing in a way mm-hmm. it's insincere and it's hard it just feels like a money grab when they do introduce new people or new characters or new lines so it's there's nothing really exciting coming out of the big two as far as i'm concerned like even I, i'm thinking maybe the Harlequin with her own comic may have been the last thing that I can think of from DC. And I, I'm probably wrong there, but, um, and I, I find it cool when they do drop new characters in the books. I like to pick those up when, whenever I hear about them, just to have, have a a new, a new character that that's come out. Well, DC has, uh, um, they, they keep trying to reboot 
they're big characters. Uh, mm -hmm. I think it usually falls pretty flat. Um, and they keep, continue to try to do that. They'll kill off their old characters and bring in their new characters and then fizzles out when they bring back their old characters and quite regularly. So I think that they just, they, it's really hard to come up with that Harley Quinn character. You know, it's, it's hard to come up with a new character that's really intriguing and interesting to people uh, on the regular, like Spider-Man uh, has 18 different Spider-Man that some of them are actually really intriguing you know, like Miles Miles Morales is the one that really sticks out. So that's high right now. Yeah, Miles Morales, is, and he's a great character. And, and the movies have helped, like the mile, uh, the uh, Spider Verse uh, animated movies have really helped that. But the problem I think that they come across is that sometimes these stories get so convoluted, like the X Men. Uh, oh my goodness! And now the X Men are basically indestructible, and if one dies, they just bring them back through a multiverse or they walk through the gate and you know suddenly he's that character is back so it's marvel and dc are are kind of against a wall they have these amazing licenses they have these amazing characters but yeah they haven't really revealed anything new or intelligent and i mean i know the comic book people the the, the collectors the readers and all that stuff probably hating me right now <laughs> this but it, it, it's it's hard to get a fresh take out of the big two and that's why you know it's great to to get in out there and read the indie books because then you, you find something that you really like and you're going to be hooked to it yeah with you know marvel and dc they're always changing their characters to uh you know to make sure that they're in line with you know the the disney or the the warner brothers ideologies uh or to when the movies became so huge, a lot of the characters kind of line up with that, right? So then you have your DC uh, universe, like movie universe, and the, and the Marvel movie universe, and they thought, okay, well, we can make money replicating basically that in comic books as opposed to the other way around, which is how. Right. So then you have that issue now where they're always trying to come up with the next Avengers, right, or the next, you know. Uh, the next Captain America movie, the next Iron Man movie, and they line that with the comic books, and it it gets. Well, I mean, you you watch it on the big screen. Why would I want to read about it in the comic book at the same time? <laughs> yeah, no, I I do like the all the stories that come from from the books, and I, I you know, I think that as I say, just as a collector, collect what you love, and make sure that you're actually reading what you're collecting so that that way you actually know that you're in that you'll enjoy it yeah. and if it's not a good read move on to an, an another line another independent yeah. and try try them out yeah uh, i'm gonna i want to go over a couple of resources here too yeah for sure for people who, who are investing or for people who just want to learn about the next big thing or, or are interested in all the new stuff coming out so we're going to start with a, a couple of resources here. Uh, first of all, um, bunker13.ca. <laughs> <Whenever. laughs> it's coming soon. It's coming soon. Uh, my friends at, uh, that I work with at capcancomics.ca, uh, a uh, great place to, uh, to get all new books and stuff. And again, we're not being sponsored by any of these people. Um, uh, first one is theleagueofcomicgeeks.com. And anybody who reads comics needs to know about this website or anybody who collects comics because it's got so much good information. It's already got the covers of the new books before they're even released. So if, if they're available, you're going to know which book looks like what. And uh, they're mostly accurate and they have most everything on there. And it's just a good way to get a little glimpse of each story as it comes out. They've it's got, awesome. Uh, they've got schedules and all that stuff for new comics that are coming up. So you can see what's on slate for your your new comic book Wednesdays. Uh, then you have uh, cover price. So if you're looking at more in the investing, actually, so you know what? I'll come back a little bit here. So the League of Comic Book Geeks. Uh, then we also have um, Bleeding Cool. Now, bleedingcool.com. They have a comic section. Uh, the only issue I find with bleedingcool.com, there's great news, but they also have a very heavy political slant. So just try to filter keep that through, in mind. Yeah, filter through all that crap, but usually they have good information on comic books. 
and then CBR, which I believe is a comic nerd's go-to when it comes to comic books and all news and updates. Uh, they have lots of uh, exclusive information. They always have lots of news, and they tell you about all kinds of stuff, and there's usually not a political uh, swing to it. So CBR.com. I think it means comic book resources, if I remember correctly from the old days. It was comic book resources. So comic book resources or CBR.com. And that's where you're going to get some of the best news on anything that's coming out in the comic book industry. Beautiful. Yeah, with uh, when it comes to investing in comics, uh, there's four to five sites here. So we're going to start with a CBSI or comicbookinvest.com. And this one's got all kinds of information on first appearances and resources, checklists, uh, and uh, speculation. Oh, I love a good checklist. Yeah, they always have the hot 10 lists. So then it's a comics that have kind of jumped all over. And it's not just new comics. It's older comics as well. If you look at their hot 10 lists, I'll just, as an example right now, their hot 10 list starts with Thor, uh, God of Thunder, number one, which came out back in what looks like about 2014-ish. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man with the black costume, uh, the Incredible Hulk uh, way back in the day. But then you also have like a nice, there's a nice modern Harley with uh, some uh, Shikari, I believe it's Shikari artwork on the cover. Uh, and then there's a Poison Ivy, a recent Poison Ivy with Jenny Frizen artwork on the cover. So uh, old stuff and new stuff in their hot 10 list right now. So Woo! stuff to kind of keep an eye out for. So, and you're talking about investment comics and stuff like that. That's a good place to start. Beautiful. Yeah. Another big one uh, for investing. Now, this one gets a little bit of uh, slack, uh, I know, online because the guy who runs it, I guess everybody seems to think that he just puts up all his books in his collection <laughs> as key books. Uh, it's actually called keycollectorcomics.com or keycollectorcomics. And it's got a great, like, a huge, huge list of exclusives. Uh, if you subscribe, you get exclusives um there's he's got categories such as like price variants and cover gimmicks uh, future keys uh stuff like based on like wakanda forever so stuff based on movies or uh first appearances second appearances uh just so many different uh controversial which is one of my favorite i usually go to the controversial uh section and i get books from that side of it and uh it's got tons of stuff and don't really necessarily rely on the pricing so much because the pricing sometimes is a little out there but it's a really good way just to, you know. I like it as a resource. Yeah. It, it's I a, find lots of good information on there. It's a fun resource, uh, but don't necessarily follow too much on the uh, on the pricing side of it. And then uh, finally, where where was I? Key collector. Oh, and coverprice.com. I mentioned it before. Uh, cover price. So is spelt. Let me find the website. Uh, C-O-V-R price.com. And I, we will have all these links in the, the description of our podcast, too, just so you all know. Uh, cover price, uh, they say that they, uh, I'm just trying to find the information, where their main site is, where they get their pricing from is that they do only live sales, but they also do live raw sales uh, in regards to how they get their resources. They don't reveal their, re their, their sources, but they say that all their prices are based on actual live realized sales of raw and that's very rare to find is like raw comics mm -hmm. uh slabbed comics or graded comics so it's a really good resource and it's uh the, the prices are generally pretty pretty spot on when you if you're doing any kind of pricing so it's a good place to also find information about every book and you know what the values are if you're looking into evaluating your collection yeah or, that's awesome yeah, so those are some resources that you check out. So again, the point being, collect how you want and let other people collect the way they want. Uh, there is no right way to collect. There is no wrong way to collect. It's all about how you want to collect. And don't invest money in it unless you know what you're doing. <laughs> Just enjoy the read. Find a good story. And the artwork. Share it with your friends. So before we leave, let's let's kind of let's have a, a quick discuss on what do you collect andrew why and what, what do you collect and why so i collect daredevil um as my kind of my primary marvel 
And that at least that's what I'm collecting right now. I've just kind of got into Daredevil within the the last couple of years. So I still have lots lots to collect in in there right now. Um, I've recently just jumped on Berserker. I picked up a bunch of new books from Berserker. I haven't even had an opportunity to open up a page yet. I have my fingers crossed and my hands in prayer that it is a good storyline. I'm going to be into that this weekend. That sounds good. Yeah, how about yourself, man? Me, I am a nostalgia collector in a way, and I'm also a controversial collector. <laughs> so I start my my primary collection is the Punisher. I've got over almost 1,700 Punisher appearances and books. Um, doesn't include all the toys I have. Uh, I collect as a secondary. I collect magic, as in magic uh, from the X-Men, Ileana Rasputin, uh, or the New Mutants, maybe more famously from the New Mutants. Uh, I collect Harley Quinn. I collect Dazzler. I collect uh, lots of various things that are just all books that were nostalgic for me as a child because I've been reading books since I was five, six, seven years old reading comics. Yeah. Uh, so that's pretty much it. And I do like to collect controversial books. Uh, just I'm always worried that someday comic books will get canceled and they'll all get burned or something like that. So I always want to keep books that are uh, that are historically interesting or intriguing or questionable. Just, you know, I don't know why. <laughs> so that at least they're preserved. They're preserved. At least one copy of, of controversial books are preserved. Um, and some of them are definitely questionable. So. <laughs> well, Rob, I think it's uh, I think it's been a good show tonight. I think so, and I hope people have learned. And if you've learned, please comment, message us, join our Patreon, share it with your friends. Thanks for coming out, everybody. Thanks for listening, and welcome to season three. How to survive the modern world or Gen X isn't just a fashion statement. Has partner with Patreon. So you can help support the podcast for as little as $3 a month and get access to exclusive content. Visit patreon.com forward slash how to survive the modern world to see how you can become a pod pal or even the pod god.